Welcome everybody to TRB Live. We are here on the Resistance broadcast to talk to you about Andor episode 8 Narkina 5. Narkina 5. Uh I'm John. Thanks for joining us. With me as always is Lacey and James. Hello. How are we doing Hello. today? Lacey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. You got uh TRB shirt on. I do. I don't This is the old one. Flat, uh, straight letters mm-hmm retro vintage if you will yeah uh and james is wearing uh goku goku <laughs> ah am i right yeah it is goku, goku yeah all right and i'm holding strong makes a little too happen they're making that i mean everything's coming back super henry cavill superman's back um hocus dragon Pocus ball super back. dragon ball whatever came back uh, all the super things, things are coming back. back so i'm keeping the faith i am keeping the faith uh but thanks everybody who's joining us in the live chat we appreciate it uh if you <laughs> don't mind sharing with people that we are live on your preferred social media that would be cool too appreciate that uh also if you're not subscribed to the channel please do uh it is free and also like the video and all that good stuff um, and before we get into things, uh, the super chats, if you want your comment uh, discussed, mentioned on the show, because also this show will be appearing on all the podcast apps tomorrow. Uh, so the audio <laughs> listeners will um, be able to hear what you had to say and our reaction to your comments. Uh, but also the holiday seasons are coming up. You know, uh, November's right, right around the corner. People are going to start shopping already, believe it or not, if they haven't started already. And we just want to remind you that we have our own coffee, the Resistance Brew, a.k.a. TRB. Uh, if you go to weirdbrothers.com, our friends down in Virginia, uh, they are a small business. They are awesome. They make nerd-themed coffees uh, that we love, and we are one of them. So the Resistance Brew is there. So go to weirdbrothers.com. support veterans, too, which is a big thing for me. Yes, and, and look up the Resistance Brew and pick up a bag, and it will be shipped to you. Or if it's a gift, they could ship it to somebody else for you. But it's delicious. Uh, you support us. You support them. You support veterans. Win, win, win. Uh, sort of like what uh, Mon Moth was trying to do. She wants everybody to win except Palpatine. But anyway, uh, for segues, that's what you get. Uh, so, but before we get into starting the show, uh, I just want to welcome back James to the fold. James, you missed last week. So, James, in three seconds or less, what are your thoughts on Andor Episode 7? I think I liked it more than you guys did. <laughs> okay. There you go. All right. And that might be a theme that's recurring here as we're going to get into our ratings on this episode. Um, Lacey, do we want to uh, go through uh, any super chats at the top here before we get into rating the episode? Yeah, absolutely. So to start off the show, we have Gary24 fan. Hey, Gary. Hey, Gary. Thank you for the super chat. He said, I had to put almost $2,200 in my car today, but here's a small amount to thank you guys for ending my day on a high note. Thank you so wow, much. Thanks, Gary. <clears throat> Cars are the car? worst. Yeah. Am I right? Major repairs. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. After you a while, got... they just eat money. Like yeah. they're not. Yeah. I wonder if they, did Gary take his uh, to Cloud City for repairs? Because that could be a risky operation. You never do, 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 do. Ah, repairs. What have you done to my ship? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's rate this thing. Andor episode eight. Uh, we're looking at directed by Toby Haynes, written by Bo Williman. And the the first episode in uh, what's going to be the final three episode arc. Then we're going to have the finale 11 and 12. Um, right. But uh, we have Cassian going to jail. 
and we're going to talk all about that episode. But first, we're going to rate it 0 to 10, Diego's, get our average, and then check in with our patrons, see what they rated the episode and to some of their comments as well. And of course, as you'll see on the screen, some of the comments coming through in the live chat will pop up on the screen as well. So if you want to participate in there, it sounds like it's it already looks like it's a good time. Or if you just want to sit back and relax and enjoy it a long day, that's cool too. We're just glad you're here with us. Um, I'm going to send this to Lacey. You're going to go first this week. What did you rate okay. episode eight? I gave episode eight my lowest score so far, which is seven Diego's, which is still a decent score. <laughs> Yeah, But if I'm thinking about it overall in the series, it was not my favorite. Um, I feel like the last one, episode seven, has been my favorite episode. Um, and thinking about it on a whole scale of Star Wars television, like how high my ratings were for Mando, I can't logically give this, I think, higher than a seven. Mm-hmm. Right, right on. Uh, James, how about you? Um, I did 8.5. Um, I think that's basically sort of my average. I I did really like this one um, because I think it uh, touched on a lot of things that are sort of the reason why somebody would want to have a rebellion. I mean, that's sort of and or the, the series, but a lot of these conversations you go, yeah, that sucks. That really sucks. Like the people, you know, are in these bad situations and this stuff is happening. And that started with seven um, leading into eight. Um, but then I think the cherry on top, if even if you want to argue that it was a little bit of a slow uh, episode was just like, it was like, Oh, cool. Cameo. Oh, another cameo. Oh shoot. A third cameo. You know, I was like, Oh wow. So like anything that maybe was slowing down the pace to me felt like it was just revitalized by getting excited about seeing what you're seeing on screen. Right on. All right. I am picking up the rear here. I gave this episode a 6.5. And I can hear the booze coming through the chat already. <laughs> but um, it's still Star Wars, so I still love it. Um, but why it gets a 6.5 for me is because Cassian is still not, in my opinion, the star of the show. Like, I, I, you know, he's a big part of this episode, of course. But a lot of his scenes are not memorable for me. And again, I keep thinking, you know, we're playing the long game here. And there could be a reason behind that. And there's clearly evidence that I'll get into later showing that he's not fully dialed in yet. Um, But the cameos weren't enough to lift it for me. I found the episode to be boring, to be honest with you. I was watching it, and there were a couple times where I paused it to see how much time was left. Now, at the same time, I think it was gorgeous. I loved the, you know, references and callbacks to THX 1138 that are evident. Um, I really enjoyed that. I thought the music was some of the best in the season so far. And uh, I like what they're doing with the characters. But in terms of an episode as itself, I have to rate this episode as it stands. I like action adventure and and even some humor in Star Wars. And this episode was as dry as brand cereal for me. So I'm giving it a six. Love raisin brand cereal. But there were no raisins. That was no milk either. Uh, anyway, so 6.5 for me, womp womp, as they say. Uh, but that rounds us out to 7.3 Diego's. Um, oh, I have that. Our... Where is this he? one? Right there. There he is. Love him. Love you, Mr. Cassian Andor, Diego. Mustache. Um, maybe one of our lower scores cumulatively 
uh, 7.3. Our patrons, a bit more positive. The patrons clocked in at an 8.4 for episode 8. Very good. A lot more faces, so that is good. Uh, And a couple of comments. We'll start off with Matt Skywalker, who said, 7.5 for me, good building of characters and motivation. Nice to see Saw and Andy Serkis, but not one of my favorites overall. Yeah, I'm with you, Matt. I'm with you on that. Um, And then the Drum Jedi, Mike Ramori, who is here in the chat. I saw him bopping up somewhere in there. Mike, your comment. 8.5, assembly line Diego's. There we are. <laughs> there was a lot of tension and buildup in this episode and some great setups for the upcoming arc. The stakes are getting higher and looking forward to what's next. As am I, Mike. I think that's sort of where I am. I feel like this episode has to serve a purpose, which is exposition for this arc. Um, uh, but uh, I love that you loved it. And I love that most people loved it. I didn't love it as much as you did, but I still enjoyed it. Um, okay. Let us get into talking about this thing. Um, and I, I think... Gary love you Gary Uh, I think what is interesting about this is uh, I I don't know who brought this up but someone said this I don't know if it was on Twitter or in a discussion or something like that but someone said they maybe should have thought about or at least explored the idea of putting these episodes out in their arcs like together at the same time and I'm starting to agree with that because I think I don't know, because I, I think like a series like Mando where everything does tie in and get to make sense at the end, they are sort of their own standalone adventures where this show heavily relies upon these arcs that they set up. And I know Clone Wars did that a lot, and, and I think, but I think animation is different than this. I think it would have been cool if they said, here's one through three, like they did, but kept that going because um, that worked for me and then did like four through six, eight through ten. 11 and 12, uh, seven on its own. Um, however, Gilroy wanted to set that up. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but um, before we get into our favorite shots and stuff like that, what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you still like the, the current setup or do you think putting them out in their little arcs would be a cool idea? I, I don't know where I saw that too, but I thought this actually thought that this morning. I said that this episode would have been great if it was sandwiched between two, like, if it was in between two other episodes that set it up. Cause I feel like the way it lead it, the way it's built is like that, that part of the movie that like, you know, it's getting to a specific point, a climax. So you're like, okay, I'm going to deal with this kind of build part first. I wouldn't say chiller cause it's not chill. Mm. It was very tense and <laughs> anxiety ridden the whole episode, but it was just kind of like these moments that you're, looking at the things that the characters are looking at you're taking in details you're you're seeing all the different pieces fall together but by not giving that payoff it just seemed like it it was missing something like Mm. it ended in a weird spot for me yeah i i there's a uh a content creator that i followed for a while that said something one time where they said i don't i don't rate episode by episode and we do that and I think part of the reason why that person was saying that it, it does make sense. It's like you sort of need to see the whole thing to to get an idea of where they're going. If you jump in in the middle and be like, "Well, I don't really like this," it's similar to or akin to taking like any take any movie like Jurassic Park, great movie, right? But if you just like put out the first act and then waited a week, and then everybody saw the second act and then waited a week, it's like 
I don't know that that maybe that one does, but like there are definitely going to be things that are good, but just don't translate like that because you're cutting it at specific spots. Right, right. Um, you're missing the bigger it, picture. Yeah. So like definitely I think that if they were to do it this way, then it also because I don't know how many people even know that that's what's going on. I think a lot of people are just watching the show as in like, oh, here's part four and part five and part six. And it's like, well, this is sort of like part two of like the B segment of three, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, I don't think people picked up on that. They're not, the episodes aren't listed like that. And so people are just watching it. Like it's another random episode and they're like, you know, I don't really think that did anything for it. And like, we're sort of analyzing it in the sense of like, well, this is just the beginning of what's going to be two and three. So I think if they did release it like that, it would definitely help for people to be like, oh, I watched those three and that was great. Can't wait for the next group of three or however they're doing it for yeah. this show. Right. Uh, so I think, I think that could be there. We're definitely, I mean, if they could learn something, they would sort of market that a little bit better for season two, because that definitely is like year four year three year two year one um and they don't stray away from the model at all right um, so maybe they'll learn and we'll get something closer to what you're talking about in season two yeah i i mean it was funny because there was i don't know i'm seeing this show because it was pitched as you know a spy thriller um sort of thing and i'm seeing it more as a political drama at least right now Mm -hmm. There's a lot of conversations, not a ton of action. Um, and I still feel like Cassian Andor is not standing out. Um, and that could be by design, but we're pretty far into this first season of just two seasons. And I'm not like, I'm trying to think of like, you know, every Star Wars character has those big memorable scenes and big memorable moments. And I'm looking back on these episodes so far, I'm like, I can't think of one major awesome Cassian Andor scene and we're eight episodes into 12. I think that's a fair criticism. I'm not, I still really enjoy the show. Um, I'm finding other aspects of it to that have elevated other scores I've given so far. Like obviously the, the production that they're putting into it is the best so far in Disney plus it looks incredible. The sets are outstanding. I can't see the line between, you know, uh, screen and, and practical and, uh, the atmospheres I think are great. So I'm, 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 I'm curious to see where it goes. Cause it looks like they are really setting the tone for progression with the rebellion. And I understand what they're doing with it. So I'm just trying to let it breathe a little bit, but an episode as a whole, I, I didn't have that fun, much fun with this one. And it, I think the series is missing humor. I think, you know, star Wars at its core has always been very funny. And, and while it's telling its story and this show has been almost completely void of any humor, like Rogue One was funny. Rogue One had a lot of humor in it. Uh, I know K K2S was a big part of it, that, yeah. but also cheered in way had some hysterical lines, uh, you know, both. Um, yeah. And when things were getting super and dark and serious, there was always a moment that kind of brought it back up so you can come back down again. Yeah. And Vader yeah. dropping the bombs, you know what I mean? choking on your aspirations you need to yeah you need comic relief to ease some of that uh, that tension and stuff like that and this show has has had no humor so far but um let's get into the stuff we love the most out of this episode uh focus on the good here 
Uh, favorite shot or moment in this episode? Uh, James, you weren't here last week, so we're going to start with you. Did you have a particular favorite shot or moment from episode eight? Um, moment, probably, I'll go with, and it was the conversation between Luthen and Saul. Um, I think I was just like absolutely on the edge of my seat, like eating that up. Um, I loved Luthen trying to downplay that it was him and, you know, knowing that angle and watching the two of them go back and forth. I loved seeing Saul um, in a way that I think is sort of to the benefit of what we got in Rogue One. Whereas I think people like the character of Saul generally, but I think some people like to make fun of him for, you know, his voice and his delivery and stuff. And it's like, well, that's where the character was at this point on the very tail end of his life. So pull that back. Most fans don't know about Saul from this book or from this video game where he Mm -hmm. shows up and he's awesome. And he's jumping on top of AT-ATs, you know, and stuff. (laughs) It's like, that's cool. Um, so I liked the idea of letting Forrest Whitaker just, um, pull back the craziness of Saul and just be like a little bit more of a normal person, but still the character of Saul. And so just watching them go back and forth, I was just like, this is, this is amazing. Like I I just love seeing this. I it's, I mean, gosh, we are broken records. It's, it's the dialogue in the show is what leads the whole thing. If it was very quick not saying good stuff, great lines that is are just uh, so important to the greater Star Wars story and lore, then yeah. we would just be like, what is the point of the show? Like, why are we watching these guys talk about basically nothing like, oh, I'm going to blow up that place over there. It's like, you, you ha- there has to be purpose behind that stuff. And every line goes, well, they didn't blow it up this week. Maybe it'll be next week, but I enjoyed watching them talk about blowing it up a lot. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it has that thing. And I, I know um, I, I'm definitely getting the feeling that Andor, and we knew this, but like Andor is not going to be for everybody. But it is interesting because um, the people that have been asking for a show like this are getting it and getting it well. Right. Yeah. I thought. His, when, when he was really intense at the end of his lines uh, was the best acting so far, uh, maybe the best acting so far in this series. I thought For- Forrest Whitaker brought it and he didn't have that weird uh, gasping for air voice that a lot of people had trouble with with Rogue but One. But like he, he still had the Saul mannerisms, which is oh, what yeah. I love. Yeah, but yeah. He, was, he had power behind his voice and stuff. And what I thought, have you become? Yeah, I thought he brought <laughs> it. I thought that was awesome. I'll never forget that line. What have you become? Yeah. Yeah. Wrapping it up with his no sale today. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I just loved it. (laughs) Um, All right, Lacey, did you have a favorite moment or shot in this episode? So sadly, I, I usually go with the shot. I did not have a favorite shot this episode. Nothing really stood out to me as like, oh, that's cool. There was one kind of pull shot where they had the camera on some type of track and they were running it down the hallway in the prison, which was pretty cool, like the sleeping quarters. But I would say favorite moment, uh, besides the one that James said, which I think is kind of a standout moment in general, but uh, between Deidre Miro and Cyril Karn 
Uh, mm. We've yeah, seen them on the cool. press tour together and we knew that eventually they'd be working together or at least converse because why would you pair them together on the press right. tour if they're not ultimately going to work together? Right. Um, and she honestly is becoming one of my favorite characters in the show. And that's surprising for me because I don't normally go for the people that are like ruthless like her. You know, I like Kylo Ren, but he had this side of obviously like his parents were Han and Leia. But for her, like she's just so savage. And that moment at the end with Bix where the door is shut and she's clearly going to torture her. Like we, it's kind of a callback to the whole Leia thing. Um, But I really loved the interaction between Cyril Karn and Deidre Miro because I love the idea that this guy is sending emails to them every day being like, hey, what about Cassie Andor? Hey, what about Mm -hmm. Cassie Andor? To the point that she was like, what is your problem, dude? Like, why do you keep emailing us about this guy? Yeah. (laughs) And then I found myself more often in the show rooting for the bad guys, which is terrible to say. But like rooting for her to figure it out and then rooting for Cyril Karn to then join her team. Like you want to see him get back on his feet and like be the bad guy so that you can then hate him. Yeah. Because he's not fun when he's like a wimp and like crying to himself and like eating cereal. It's (laughs) it's You know, I'm going to say something because because last week's episode, I didn't get to talk on it. And it's just for a moment. But, you know, it's something I said like a long time ago when we were discussing the first few episodes is there's something so weird about this show where it's like the clearly presented villains um, are sort of like you can sort of see their their goodness and then like or they're they're the point of why they do what they do. Like it's sort of making people who work for the empire, you you would at some point question, you'd be like, why are, why is like the entire empire just a legion of bad people? You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. So you need to have some sort of like, well, this person's doing it for this sense of justice. You know what I mean? And they're using the angle of like the, um, the James Cameron, uh, talk that he had with George Lucas, like today we call those people terrorists, you know, and it's like, yeah. I, I get this whole thing. Like in a weird way, you're, you're, you're so mixed up on the inside. Cause you're like, Oh no, Cassian's going to jail for doing nothing wrong. That's terrifying. Also, that is a nightmare. Also, I know, but he also did murder police, you know? It's yes. Like, but when so it's you like, think ah, about they don't like, know that though. I know, I know, but they in don't real know life, that. and that's the point. I get that, that is a nightmare for me. Like to go on vacation and like be at the wrong place at the wrong time, and then you're caught in this whole thing, totally. like the Amanda yeah. Knox stuff. Like you're just wrong place, Look wrong at Brittany time. Brittany Griner in Russia. Oh right now. my gosh! Like that is a nightmare, right? And then like yeah. the terror of hearing him just keep saying like, "I'm I'm just a tourist. I'm just a tourist." And you're like, "Oh, like that's so yeah. terrible." And then we'll get into it with the jail, but. That place is the worst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but to James's point, like in that instance, they got the right guy. They just don't know they got him. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, right. Right. So I, I wasn't even looking at it from like Andor's. When, the reason that brought it up is that conversation between um, it, it, with Cyril. And it's like he's saying he's like, I'm trying to clear my name. Like you want me on your team. I want to find the people that are doing the bad things like right. And you want to be, you want to root for him because you don't think he's out to really be some member of the empire that's just out to do evil or to get power because he wants power. He wants 
justice and he wants to be the person that like can hold people accountable or whatever. But it's just, it's just such a tricky situation because our hero of the show, it's called Andor. He's the person that he's going after. So it's like, he's his villain, but it's like, Oh, I kind of get it though. There's definitely parallels between Cyril and Cassian. And they do that really well throughout this whole series is like, every episode there's parallels between certain characters on the good side and the bad side. And it kind of crosses that line of like, who's really right. Who's really wrong. But in this episode, Cyril Karn definitely like the cuts between him and Cassian, you were like, they're both like, obviously Cassian's really in prison, but Cyril Karn is also in his own prison of his own doing. Uh, It's just super interesting. Um, So I have a favorite shot and a favorite moment. My favorite shot is just straight out like call back to the prequels and it's it's Luthen's ship blasting away from Coruscant and it's just so crisp and sharp and beautiful and it's like the way that the star is hitting Coruscant you're seeing half city half like mm-hmm. natural uh, uh atmosphere I thought that was such a great shot and I love seeing like George Lucas I love seeing ships go fast so I love that shot but my favorite moment was, um, you know, we meet Melshi, and that's a that's a big tie for Rogue One, um, seeing where he first meets Cassian here. But the moment was Melshi having no hope, and he's telling Cassian, your dreams of escaping don't bother. Us that all. was my other moment that I was thinking of, actually. The moment where he's I, like, the, the days incredible. don't matter. Incredible. Hopeless incredible. feeling. Best moment like, in, the, in the episode. And then you I see actually, the numbers don't change. When they, it says that he's been through thirty sessions, and it cuts I think to it his did number. Change. I no, think it, it did doesn't. Change. No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It I didn't it go went, down. Well, we'll see. I don't but think it did. Someone go check reason, right now. I don't think it went down. The reason it's my favorite moment is because he's the one who leads the charge to free Jin from prison, and that's just you see how far this guy comes in a span of four or five years, where he has he's like this is it for me. Like I'm not I'm not even going to bother anymore the empire one and he winds up being the person who frees Jin Erso who really s- starts that big moment for Rogue One and then he ends up perishing in a prison so to speak because of the shield on Scarif uh but doing it um with a victory by, by doing what terms. they're doing to I, I have more to say about Melshi we'll go I on I just... check by the way is that table group his group from Rogue One did anybody check? I meant to go check to see like when he when Cassian walks up to Jin Erso to say like, hey, I got people to go. Mm-hmm. I meant to go back to Rogue One to see if the people at the table are the people that are standing there with him besides mm-hmm. just Melshi. Not sure. No, I don't think so. That w- I, I, You might be right, though. That would be I cool. just because just the way they went through each person's name. I was just like, this is so like they don't have to go through every person's name. Um, yeah. And obviously, Melshi is a very clear, like, oh, that's that person. But to me, it just it seemed like so particular that I was like, wow, I, I wonder if this is the same crew that like what an Easter egg that would be. Like, there's his table from this this prison. And then really, they're the ones that really cool. go to Rogue, like the so scare for them. I, I thought that one of you would say the moment where that he got electrocuted. Cassian? Yeah. Now that Why would me. I say that? Yeah. That the guy was way too into it. The the guard, which is a reflection <laughs> on police sometimes now, 
uh, way too much into the punishment. Why would you think that would be my favorite moment? I I thought it was I thought it was wild because it was like a new interesting way to show how they were keeping these people in prison and it was completely unexpected like everybody's taking their shoes off you're like okay is that just like a demoralizing thing but like the reveal of like how yes i thought the people... same thing like oh they're taking their shoes that's so weird they're gonna give them weird uniforms and then you don't realize like yeah i thought they were oh, gonna wait. give them like magnetic boots like remember um face off when they're in that prison because that guy had these giant looking like snow- shopping carts and cvs that stop at the door what uh, yeah i don't know <laughs> but he, that, that guy had like giant snowboarding boots like skiing boots and i thought they were gonna like do that thing people might remember the movie face off but where they right. like uh magnetize you to the ground so you can't like run because mm-hmm. they're taking their shoes off i'm like what are, how, yeah again how are they I, keeping them there but. to me i i just uh, when i saw it i thought that the shoe thing was just like sort of you know like you know the nazis or whatever you know like they're just like trying to bring these people down and make them yeah, feel like they, yeah. you know yeah. don't have anything or own anything but it was crazy because they're standing there and they're like you know, hey, you're not going to want to run away. You're not going to do this because, and then he hits the button and it immediately has the shot of like this crazy special effect of all of them getting electrocuted. And it was just so shocking, pardon the pun, but like, I was just like really thrown from it. I was like, holy crap. Like it was a moment in the episode where it was really surprising to see what I just saw. It, um, almost like a, a twist, you know, sort of thing. So yeah. I thought that was like a standout moment that maybe one of you would say like i couldn't believe that happened i was so uh, yeah i mean it was that prison is bananas i could right. say that much <clears throat> yeah mm-hmm. and there's just a bunch of them all over that ocean or whatever that is um do but, we know what uh, they were building does anybody actually know i don't know not really it looked just i know I there's mean, I'm some sure theories someone... in the chat in the chat there's been they're building you know droids like k2so people have said death star people have said you know different like weapons they might be building but i was wondering if anybody actually knew what they were building no i mean if i if i thought it would be fun to throw out an easter egg of like that would be cool it would be neat if it was the tide defenders that thrawn was working on but i don't think that i don't Mm. know if that lines up story-wise that'd be kind of neat but whatever um well we obviously have a lot more to talk about um let's get through uh some super chats and then really dive into more on what this episode brings to the table I'm pretty sure, by the way, while we were talking, I scrubbed right to Rogue One. I'm pretty sure the sign language guy is standing in the back of the group in Rogue One. Oh, that's really cool. I like that. That's a that's a good point to pick up when we, we do, because I've got something to say about that. That's good. Mm-hmm. Okay, you gonna, you going to say it? No, it's you. You're doing What's super me? chats. Super chat. Oh, I'm doing super chats. Sorry, I thought you were going into. <laughs> no, I was saying when we it's a good place to pick up. <laughs> I was like, okay, so what's the point that you're making? <laughs> I was like, she must be pulling up the things. <laughs> All right, first we have Danny. Hey, Danny, how's hey. it going? See you in the chat. She <clears throat> said that Cassian isn't the standout. Is the point? He's making his way in a world where bigger people are calling the shots, kind of like us. It's futile. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think. That the big thing for me with Cassian is showing him as well as all of us that, you know, systems like this, like the empire and tyranny and and bad things like this catch up with everyone. Like you can't go amongst life just being like, Oh, I'm not going to get involved because eventually it's going to catch up with you, whether you 
are a tourist <laughs> or, you know, invading bases. <laughs> yeah. I would name uh, the show something different then, but that's just my opinion. I, I that's was, fair. I, that's totally yeah, fair. Yeah, I was going to say that, John. I think like you've said that a couple times and I'm like, I think the biggest problem is just that it's called Andor. If it was called anything else, you wouldn't be having right. that Rebellion. issue with the show. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah. Um, all right. David Ford's up. Hey, David, how's it going? Thank you for the super chat. He said, welcome back, Andy Circus." Right. We haven't talked about Andy Circus. Not, not yet. Yeah. What a reveal. That was the biggest reveal to me in the episode. Like, I know Saw is great, but like... Snoke has aged poorly by the sequel trilogy. <laughs> seeing yeah. Andy Serkis was an absolute delight. Um, David said, now we await the return of Ahmed Best, Ben's Obi Wash laundry service. Got to get that plug in there. <laughs> Got to get that in there. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, man. Yeah, yeah, like, oh my Andy. gosh, it's it's Ulysses Claw. Like, right when he walks on screen. <laughs> Next is Soonerthron. What up? Thank you for the super chat. I said, I always felt Andor would be the MacGuffin, not the star. And he is because Rebels, Cyril, and the Empire after him. Great episode. Tales of the Jedi is awesome. It is awesome. Yes. Yeah, we're going to talk about that on Monday. Thank you, Danny. David, if that's your real name, then Soonerthron. (laughs) One last one uh, is James. Show your tea you're wearing now for a full screen and standing. Oh. They want to see your anime tea. So, yeah, uh, I'll go Pete's, like this. Is that your name? I hope I got it right. It's a very nice name. Ooh, anime. It makes me think of that that viral video of the kid that's like, I've got the power of anime on my side. <laughs> <laughs> I like this shirt. I Never probably talked that. about it at one point. But I like this shirt because I bought it at Epcot in the oh, nice. Japan, Japan section. section. Yeah. That's a great so I went store. there and I was like going through and I was like, oh my gosh, they have all this Dragon Ball stuff. And I and I had been looking for a Dragon they Ball They always shirt. have Studio Ghibli stuff. They used to have it before like, I don't know, Amazon nowadays is like, mm-hmm. that's where you get it. You'd be like, oh, I got to go to the Japan store. And yeah. and it was just cool. I was like, oh man, I love the design here, the colors and how it all came together. And I was like, plus I'll always remember I bought that shirt in Epcot. And it was pretty cool. So Yeah. Now I'm just thinking about I've got the power of anime on my side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so where did you want to? Yeah. Where did you want to pick up? You wanted to pick up where we left off there, James. So the, the Melshi thing. So for me, that was another like bonus. Like, again, if this was an episode that was like 6.4 or 7 or something like that, like the reason I bumped it up um, was because Melshi made his appearance and he has been a character to me that I've said oftentimes gets overlooked in rogue one. Um, and I've mentioned it before, but like, you know, they show that original picture of the rebels and it's like, Oh man, all five of them are great. And I'm like, there's six people in the picture, man. Like <laughs> he's like looking away from the camera. So people like aren't including him or something, but he's one of the main people that they're considering is like the group of rogue one, you know? Yeah. And yep. um, he shows up in the movie multiple times, but I think they just don't really like focus on him or give him enough lines that he doesn't really get the credit that he deserves. And how and much I- Cassian trusts him in the movie. People don't realize sure. that like Cassian saying, I'm giving this whole plan to you. Enjoy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, And the, the one thing that I think is probably more likely is that I don't know that very many people watched the episode today and was like, Whoa, Melshi. What I think will happen is and similar to the other guards, if that's true, like there's other people that were behind them in Rogue One. I think people will watch this show, learn that character, 
and then they'll rewatch Rogue One after I and be like, oh, one there's no she. And they're like, yeah. oh my God, he was in this movie this whole time and didn't realize <laughs> that like the importance <laughs> of that guy and it will yeah. make Rogue One that yeah. much better. Yeah, I, that's a good point. I agree. The, the Rogue One, re- I'm going to wait. I'm going to do my best to wait three years to rewatch Rogue One until I uh, <laughs> see all of Andor. But I agree. Like Melshi is the guy and like he led the operation to free uh, Jin from Wobani, which is a dangerous thing in itself. Uh, He was part of the main ground troop with Chirrut and Bays and Pow or whoever on Scarif. You know, he's like you said, Lacey, go to guy. He's, you know, he's not an action figure that's going to come flying off the shelves or a household character name. Cassian but, must get him out of jail. They're gonna, yeah, he's gonna help. Which him we already knew, her. but yeah. we must. It must be that Cassian, first of all, bonds with him, but also gets him out because then he feels like so connected to Cassian. Yeah, it's it's cool mm-hmm. to see that like we were looking at Cassian who doesn't trust anybody, and certain people had to like revitalize him. Don't you want to fight for something? Now we're gonna see Cassian play the role of he's meeting somebody else who's so deprived of hope that he's going to be the person that says, we can do this. Let's get out of this together. Just hold on with me. We're going to get out and bring mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. hope back to Melshi. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? The it's only- like, you can start to see he's, he's starting to gain that. Like, I want to fight this, you know? Yeah. The only thing that was surprising to me, which shows we're still going through some sort of hills and valleys with Cassian in terms of him clicking and fully engaging in, this rebellion thing which i want to get to a broader point on that about what they're doing but at the very end cassian becomes so assimilated in his prison life that he's like knowing all the parts and what to do whereas at the beginning he's looking around like i can't believe these people are just doing this right now and then by the he was watching very closely and you could tell when he was walking in, he was looking for ways out. Like he looks at the boots. He looks how many guards there are. Yeah. He's paying attention to what they're saying. Like, oh, we switched two guys and then two guys come in and then. But by the end, he's just one of them and you couldn't pick him out of a lineup. And he's just like turning the gears and doing the thing and not even looking around anymore. And it's like, that's sort of showing that he is also able to just sink right into the system. And mm-hmm he might not be the one that leads the the breakout, but that sort of seeing other people like the sign language guy and other people, there might be that, that big moment where there's the jailbreak that he has that big wake up moment. But I think it's clear to me and very obvious by the end of this episode that they wanted to show that even he is now fitting right in to that and accepting mm-hmm. his situation because he was just turning the gears, doing his thing, being a part one of five, and not the Cassian who's close zoom zoomed in on his face. Like, what is going on here? Like, what are you guys doing? Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was very interesting. How I mean, you might you might be right on that. I my takeaway from it just was that um he's good at anything. You know what I mean? Like, if you tell him to do a job, he's going to do that job. But but not like in a bad way. Um, just that. Um he's kind of pulling like a Galen or so sort of thing. Like he's fitting in, but he's never Mon Mothma. He's, he's fitting in, but he's not fitting in because we haven't seen, you know, at the beginning of the next episode or something that he's clearly part of 
how they're signaling people and things like that. Cause I don't think you, I don't think you show the signal guys and him paying attention to it without thinking that in 30 days, he's just going to give up on that. Right. I think yeah. it's going to be, I think it's got to be evident that he was noticing that right away. And even though he seems like he's fitting in because you have to fit in, I mean, I mean, you can't stand out in that environment. That's the whole point yeah. of them being like, it's getting harder and harder. Yeah. They're, they're upping it. They're upping it. You, you taking a break, you know, it's like, I'm not taking a break. Like you can't let up in that environment. And I think that's, that's kind of the point. Um, I so mean, I Brian know. Ward in the comments said a good, this is Luthen's quote. It was always build your exit on the way in. So oh, when he's yeah, on his way yeah. into the Call jail, back. you see him paying yeah. attention to everything. Yeah. And from movies like Ocean's Eleven and stuff that I've watched that I've enjoyed, like you always know when something's kind of, the breakouts right. coming because they're showing you every single detail in that room. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think my broader point in terms of this whole rebellion thing is you're, we're seeing, we're meeting all these different people and saws listing off all these different sectors and groups of people who all have the same spirit, but they're all have different motivations or understanding of what the rebellion should be and stuff. And I find it so interesting because it's showing, you know, like a Bix, for example, like when she's in that crowd and they, they single her out and she's running for her life and she seems just sort of like hopeless. And I felt like as I was watching this episode, I was like the theme of this episode is like this feeling of like hopelessness because there's no figurehead. There's no place to go to call home for this Rebel Alliance. It's, there's no nothing to even call it. There's just a feeling. It's just a feeling that all these people have and they don't know that it's real or tangible because it's not a collective yet. And... So until they're able to fully establish it and get all these people under one mission, one logo, one symbol, one alliance, there is that feeling of like, am I just feeling this way? And there's no one else who, who agrees with me. And I like that we're seeing that's how the rebellion started because it is a natural in that, in that regard. Cause there's all different walks of life, all different planets, all different civilizations, you know, all different experiences and how these people, why these people feel this way and saw listing them off and just like, it, it just it hits home because then you have Vel and she's uh, clearly uh, as uh, Sinta pointed out, she's just a girl who came from a rich background who who uh, wanted to get involved with this. Whereas Sinta's from like the opposite end of the tracks, and uh, it's just I, I like seeing those intimate conversations as a um, metaphor for the grand scale of what it's going to take to have all these different people with different points of view all pulling in the same direction but don't know it yet. Yeah, the Mon Mothma scene stood out to me this episode. I mean, all her scenes do, but this one definitely did. Just the comparison of her interactions with Perrin, then her interactions with her friend, and then her daughter, and then people within the Senate. I mean, and you can just see the privilege of people that are involved in that higher society in Coruscant that are like, Oh, well, what's the problem with them watching every single thing that we're doing? And yeah. in real life, you've heard that too. Like, what's the problem if you're not doing anything wrong? And it's like, okay, but what, what is the line here? Which is right. what Mon Moth is asking everybody is like, what is this line where it gets to point that we don't even realize how we're all now in prison. It's not just the... right against Cassian getting arrested for not for doing nothing. Anything. For yeah. nothing and you have yeah. these people that are sitting there being like oh well everything's fine doesn't he, he wants to protect us does he though yeah does she really want everyone protected or does he just want to rule with an iron fist type thing um but how about the squigs I'm, 
Would you guys, would say, you guys I, drink a swig? Not as my first no. drink. <laughs> Maybe my 10th. I'd never drink that ever. <laughs> I would. The fact that they put the worm in and it's like a maggot type worm and then it just disintegrates to like, I don't know what that is, like a nerd's rope or something like 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 some type of Twizzler. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> Bring it on. Oh, <laughs> God. And it's, I was like, what is that? And then he's like, two more squigs. And I was like, no, is there? Yeah. yeah. Mm, I was going to say, is there any drink that has like an animal in it? Tequila has a worm in it. Tequila has a worm in it. Some tequila does. Yeah. That's what they're kind of drawing on is the tequila worm. Yeah. I I don't know alcohol. I was going to say too, I don't know. I don't know politics. And I imagine that in, in a lot of people's eyes who are paying attention to that stuff too, they look at this and there is a lot of comparisons to real life to Mm -hmm. what we're seeing. And I think that I, I, Oh, there it is. Araman Rojas says mezcal. Yeah, that's the tequila has a worm in the bottom of it. Which reminded me of this drink in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's also... Oh, it's not tequila. Sorry. It's not tequila. I don't know if it's what it is. I've never had it. I just always thought it was tequila, but I'm clearly wrong. I apologize. Um, yeah, Google. Not, not that, but uh, the animal thing. But yeah, so I don't know. I I feel like I said this earlier. I think that there is this kind of. I get why people are saying it doesn't feel like Star Wars because there isn't much of an escape because it is down in the battlefield, down in the weeds of desperation. And and like we need to do something. Yeah, it hits close to our real life, our real world. Yeah, Right. So I I can understand why people are like, you know what? I'm going to go turn on floor is lava for <laughs> uh, why not yeah i don't know i've been I, watching I love is blind by the way which is a delight if anybody's interested yeah i haven't i haven't shared that sentiment mostly because i'm not, i don't follow politics like at all yeah um, so it's a different experience yeah yeah and so I, i'm like okay like i i understand that there's parallels to stuff that's going on uh in real life but i just didn't know if it was like if if I don't know. I'm curious to see like who would watch the show and be like, "Oh, that's that's a a real life reference to the same way we would be like, well, that's the that's a Jaws thing. That's a reference to Jaws. Are some of these lines actually really, you know, pulling from some sort of like actual thing? And I, we're just missing those those Easter eggs. I think is was what I was getting at. I mean, not just in current times, but in history. I think a lot of these, are yeah, that too, from moments that in too. history as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like Without this is supposed to be Napoleonic or whatever. You know, I don't know. Hitler, yeah, yeah, just yeah, government oversight and just expanding power of a federal government. And, and it's just the whole the whole dystopia type thing too, which is still a very popular genre in in writing and and fiction. Yeah. Um, it is, it's a, I mean, that's the thing about the show. Like I, I do agree with you, Lacey, that star Wars being an escape and like you sort of like, when you see those words a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, you get to like hit time out on your real life for a bit and go on this adventure. And I don't think that's what this show is, but I do think this show is 
very good for what it is and important for what it is because it will lead to uh, understanding how the, the, you know, it really is showing you a bar, big part of the show that not, not a lot of people are talking about is how it shows how fallible the empire is. And like the biggest example of that is like they're spending all this episode having these big boardroom conversations about how the how Deirdre's going to find this guy Cassian Andor. Meanwhile, he's in one of their prisons right now. And yeah, I like, think because yeah. that's as a fan, you're always questioning how did the Empire stay in power for so long? And like, how come nobody stood up until this point? And then you're seeing, oh, wait, they crushed every single sign of something yeah. to the point that they were throwing people in jail for no reason just to do their dirty work. Yeah. And the bigger you get as a government or a corporation or an entity or anything, mm-hmm. like forget, let alone like that game of telephone where you like have five people. And by the time the fifth person get fifth person gets it, it's a different sentence entirely. <laughs> um, <laughs> fifth, 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 fifth. Suffering. What did I say? Yeah. Dave Filoni's, yeah. what was it? <laughs> Falafel. I don't know. But yeah. Yes, but, I uh, it, yeah, you, you just the, the bigger you get, the more holes there are and less can, you know communication. And let's be honest, Palpatine just wants. I think people are scared to... on both sides. Look at how many people in the Empire they were like. Deidre was like, they didn't report this because they were nervous. They didn't report yeah. this because they, yeah, they didn't yeah, want anything yeah. to happen. Like, it. The, I think the also terror just, is real. <clears throat> just from the beginning of the like. Uh, yeah, I see where you're coming from, but believe me, if you escalate this, it's just going to get worse for everybody. So don't escalate anything. And he's like, what do you mean? Don't escalate something like I know there's a crime that happened and I'm just trying to get to the bottom of it and trying to figure that out is going to be a problem. You know, it's like it, it's mm-hmm. confusing, but that's that's how it is. Like with anything, I mean, even take politics out of it. Sometimes it's just like a job like oh if if sure. i complain about this person then i'm not going to be able to, to do this other or you thing. get seen no, as whatever. difficult or whatever yeah exactly yeah. And, and you know it's it, there's all sorts of those things in life uh for everybody you know like sure. whether you're a man or a woman or whatever you know all these things but um so it's not just political but like um but it is, I think those types of things are what make certain shows really interesting and dramatic is because you're like, oh man, I see the, I see the point. This person's got a choice to make. They're either going to go for it or they're going to back down. And usually right. we see, we, we get entertainment out of seeing some of those characters go for it and fail horribly or they don't go for it. And I don't know. It's just, it, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. And it definitely does pay tribute to uh, George Lucas's first film, THX 1138, all the white outfits, you know, being oh, yeah. imprisoned, yep. uh, no windows, uh, very dystopian. Um, you're not an individual. You're just one of the masses. And you're there um, until you die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I got to watch that again. I, I watched that when I was like a teenager. I haven't seen that, but it's... Uh, like there's definitely, I don't, um, it's got to be on purpose that they that they had that aesthetic and that feeling, and it's just showing that like you know, fifty years later you can tell a story like that and it still is relevant. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, but uh, why don't we hop into some of the super chats and then mm-hmm. we can start turning our eye, you know, cover some other stuff we may not have hit yet, like Cassian's mom. I thought that was a big part of the episode we can get to. Uh, after sure. Again, chat. Andy Circus. We, we said we yeah. didn't talk about him at yeah. the last yeah. Super Chat break. Yeah. Uh, so we have Kale. What up, Kyle? Beckworth. Thank you for the Super Chat. Said, do you think Andor makes K2SO and that's how his team escapes? 
kind of like Tony Stark created Iron Man suit in the cave. Great show, TRB. That is a very interesting concept because I know people were saying that. Is he making droids? I need Could to go back make- and reread the one, one shot. It's been so long that I kind of forgot how it went down. So I'd like I I thought well, today that I'd like to go back and revisit it just to see and not really care, but just to see if they did do it right or did parts of it right or completely derailed it, you know? Yeah, I I think at least mm-hmm. once or twice, though, unless he doesn't know it, K2SO says he was reprogrammed. So I think he's a fully created KX droid. Mm-hmm. I don't think Cassian built him um, mm-hmm. like an Anakin C-3PO situation. I think we're going to get the, uh, I don't need a partner. You're going to get a partner and he's going to flash back to getting choked out by one. And then they're going to be, yeah, or, or he's going like to get choked out like, by I don't a trust these things. Yeah. Yeah. Or he gets, yeah. yeah, he's getting choked out by one and then he meets. Oh uh, yeah. Or he's getting choked out by him and he, he like stabs him or something. No. I did get, squid game vibes from that old man at the table though mm-hmm. there was a moment at the end of the episode where the old guy couldn't keep up and i was like no we're gonna I see this guy die guy in squid games yeah yeah we're gonna see this guy die in front of everyone you know he's gonna be the one that he's gonna be the example in front of cassian that gets killed <clears throat> mm. yeah like obviously we have the guy that killed himself unfortunately in the hallway which was terrible um, I do like Kyle's idea, though. Yeah. I think that's a clever idea, though. I'm not sure that's where the way they're going to go. We'll have to see. I hope he should. I think he's going to show up by the end of the season, though. K two. You still do? That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. That would be this cool. is this. This was just the first episode in the. Or actually, it was sort of the second episode in the Shawshank Redemption arc. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a we couple. We get to of meet all the Shawshank prisoners and. Uh, they're, they're actually normal people and all this other stuff. So, yeah. so Andy Circus, what do you what do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about Andy Circus? It was good to see him. I I thought so. I always lo- like seeing Andy Circus. I thought it was a fun surprise. Um yeah. did did you did you guys were you pulled to any characters? I I joked earlier but it is true. I I immediately I didn't even think of Snoke. My first actual thought was Ulysses Claw. Like I was like, "Oh my gosh, like like I went to the Marvel character actually." Oh, I didn't even consider that person. Yeah, that's a good one, James. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely thought Snoke. I was like, oh my god, they got Snoke. But it's so not we, Snoke, obviously. We heard him. I mean, first. I did that within the first few seconds or something. But like, yeah. mm-hmm. we heard him first, and I, I usually like wouldn't recognize that that quickly. But I was like, that's Andy. That sounds like Andy Circus. And then I forgot that people had said that he was might be in the show. Mm-hmm. And then I saw like his head i'm like is that is that him and it's just like he just rolls up like he just like came to set and he's like yeah put a little white suit on me no makeup let's go and i thought that was so cool he because... is, his voice is so good he yeah. has such a good voice yeah yeah and he does so I... many different voices too like <clears throat> accents and i believed him i believed him like as a as a person who he was really good. commanded yeah. the room and and was someone that I would not want to mess with, like and uh, you know slack because I feel like that guy. I, there was a there was a great line from it. It's all about the lines in the show, but I'm telling, but he said, um, "What was it? Uh, something along the lines of if somebody else has a problem with you, I'll know it before you do." Yes, <laughs> like yeah. that's how in tune he is with everybody in the room. Before you even know you've caused a problem, I will already know that other people don't like you. So I guess the question is, 
if push comes to shove and a prison breakout is happening, is he going to take the side of the empire or is he out of there? Andy Serkis's character? Yeah. Ooh, I, I hope he's out of there because that I like, would hope he- too, but I feel like he's got that kind of side to him that you're like, will he try to get ahead and push everybody behind but him? How cute does Tony oh, Gilroy want to get with a character who's about to finish his sentence? Like he doesn't want to screw that up, right? That's true. I mean, like, that's was why me, could, I'd be like, but that's why he nice, would try but... to stop the breakout because he doesn't want to go back in. I think I think what would be uh, would be interesting is to take Melshi, a character who doesn't have any hope, and give him hope and show that he's like you know that's an excitable character. But to really go like that's the arc for that character is what I mean to say. The arc for Andy Serkis's character would be like show him being hard at the beginning, and then when push comes to shove, he's like, "No, man." Like we all do. I was only doing my part to survive in this place, but like I am someone who believes in what you're doing or something like that. So before all the prison guards in, in the green mile with John coffee, <laughs> <laughs> they just warm yeah. up to him. I like, just get a vibe from him that when moments come that they're going to get out or whatever, it's going to be between him and them leaving and circus is going to get a, uh, get owned. Or what if it's because Mel, Melshi said, because what, what Melshi said to him completely cancels out him saying his sentence is ending because Melshi made it seem like you're not like you're, you're done. This is where you're going to live the rest of your life. Yeah. He said the, it doesn't matter what days you have. The dreams go They'll gone, keep yeah. you as long as they want to keep you. Is what so said, yeah. what if he thinks he's getting out and then it's like the day for his thing and they like lock him back up and then he's like, all right, well, I guess I'm with you guys now. You think we're going to see Andor in there for 245 days? No, no. This guy's sentence is is almost up. He said right? in two hundred and forty five days. Oh, it is. Oh, I thought he was out like. I mean, it's been week. thirty in one episode. I, I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Two hundred forty five days is less than a year. So if this arc is the fifth year, then two hundred forty five days is totally reasonable. Hmm. We could see him get all the way to the end of that sentence, and then that guy not being well, this... able to get out, and then being like, "No, you're supposed to let me out," and then they just like kill him. Like people would be like, "Uh," or know? they shock him or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I'm I'm think... saying like more than you just think shock, more time as disciplinary. They like just kill him. Like he worked his time, did what he had to do, and then it, they're not going to let him out. And then he throws a fit, so they kill him. You know, and it's just like that's nuts. Yeah, I think it's nuts that we saw a month time span in in this episode. Well, also last episode too. Like we, I don't know if they really told how much how long he'd been away and on the beach and enjoying so probably himself. Been even some some time Ka- past. Cassian's sentence was six years, right? Yes. Yeah, man. His time did go down. By the way, he's he's not going to make it to Scarif, man. <laughs> He better hurry up. Me late. <laughs> better get out of there. Actually, you know what? He's probably like, if I could see the future. Wait, what? What about the beach? I'll stay here. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> Keep my head down. Yeah, yeah do I think. Work. I don't think they gave Make that role scooters. to Andy Circus for any other reason than he's going to have a big moment where he flips. I, like I, we want yeah, that I agree. moment. I agree. Yeah, I think I he's going to go ape on everybody. Oh, God. I knew you were going to say that. I didn't even want to mention it because I didn't want to give you that, but you figured it out. Thanks. You're welcome. 
I just came up with that too. No, you didn't. I did. I did. Just People came. have been John, making I, ape jokes all night. Ape John, I think that's jokes. The, I don't watch. I'm not looking. I can't look at that. Well, that's the one. Man. That's the one ring the, that I, I. The one thing that I agree with you with. The one ring. All right, that's yeah. enough. Um. Well, so how about Cassian's mom, Lacey? Is she dying before he gets to her? She's already dead. Oh. She's going to be dead by the time Bix mm. gets out of whatever torture she's in. Mm. You think they kill her off screen? I think she's going to be dead, yeah. Or she's going to do something that's going to get herself killed. Because she's already trying to break into stuff. And now Bix isn't there to save her. Yeah, but I yeah, I still think though she'll get caught or something, or they'll they'll kill her. Yeah, on screen she looked a little rough. Yeah, made me think of like when Anakin just gets to his mom just in time to say goodbye. Like, is is Cassie gonna get that moment or another mom for Star Wars? Or Lacey, are we doing the trope where his mom dies and that like? That's the thing that pushes him over, like sort of like Luke when he sees Baru and Owner gone. The he Uncle saw his ben dad. Moment. He sees his dad hung in the street. We saw that, um, Clem, and then he he sees like his mom die, and then it's like I have nothing left here, and he fully joins. Like, is that his like Luke Skywalker moment where he like says I'm gonna uh, fight, you know, join you to fight the Empire? Did we ever ask what happened in the manifesto? Not yet. Hmm. Did he? Because he obviously can't have it with him. He didn't have so it with him. Is it on? Is it on Beach Party Nation? Then I think above the shower in the box. Yeah, that's where I would think it would be. Which means that we go back so and hear the music. <laughs> so good. We gotta isolate that audio immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So it's what's those, happening next? As soon as it kicked in, I was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> it's my new jam." Um, what what's happening next week on the show? Are they are they busting out next week, or is this arc getting stretched out full prison style? Yeah, one one more prison, and then the and then the third episode of the arc will be the breakout. I think, even though that episode seven was sort of like the precursor. Wait, this is up. the end of nine. Will be end of the arc, right? No, mm-hmm. seven was standalone. Eight, nine, ten are an arc, and eleven and twelve are. Oh, the... okay. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. then ten would be probably the breakout. That's what which I means think. that we're just going to see Andor going, for another two episodes, slurping on that straw. Oh God! Next episode will be the will be the getting to learn everybody's story and why they're in jail really and stuff you know those types of things probably yeah the relationship building and whatever mori makes a good question how long before brasso gets it oh brasso not brasso is, brasso is starting a little little issues here and there on uh ferric ferric seems like ferric. a ferric. seems like a good dude though ferric. that brasso ferric. he does seem like a good dude but like he's like shouldering stormtroopers and stuff like you can only do this so many times before it catches up with you i feel like he's like the I'm not human touching you. i'm not touching you <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez! i did I like oh that now guy. that i think I about why. it he seems cool that one sequence slash shot of bix in like the tower calling out 
to Luthen with the little mm-hmm. buttons, and she's so deep down into the tower, and it, like the shot from up above the bird's eye view is like mm-hmm. such a nice thing of like she's so deep in it that she's lost. Like there's no getting her out of this. Yeah, and then eventually she gets caught. But then the whole Luthen, uh, Clea thing, where you're like. Oh, she's she's done with people when she uses them. Like she's like, okay, you did your part. Bye. You did your part. Bye. Cut this. Bye. And I think Luthen I mean, she is, says we're gonna find Cassian, but she does. We're, she's not saying she's gonna not do it this way. So, by the way, we talked about this last week. Did we talk? Did they say it in the show? Because again, I haven't had a chance to watch it a second time. Um, did they mention Luthen wanting to kill Cassian, or he just wanted Cass to find Cassian? Yeah, he never. I don't think he said. I don't think he wants to kill him. I think he wants to use him again. Whereas Clea is like, no, get rid of it. Get rid of that end right there. That's how it seemed to me. I think he did say kill him, didn't he? Oh, I don't know. But all I know is it's very interesting hearing Deidre Miro talk about Luthen in general and just be like, he slipped up. We call him Axis. Yeah. Yeah. He slipped up and you're like, he did slip up because at the beginning when he was with Cassian and they were behind Cyril Karn and they were talking normally and everything and they left him alive. I was like, that's a bold move to leave when they hear your voice and they like, what are you doing? So so I've been waiting for like cat and mouse stuff because that's my favorite part of like spy shows is the, oh, they just got away and you're all like anxious Mm -hmm. about it and stuff. When he said, like, he gave loose things like uh, green cloak, uh, black boots. He's like, his voice, though. I would definitely recognize his voice. I'm like, there's going to be a That's, moment where yeah, that he's he gonna hears know. him talk and it's going to go down. And that's what I'm waiting for. That's the stuff I'm waiting for. Like, I like, moment, I like yeah. the political setups and stuff like that. But I'm waiting for that real cat and mouse stuff. Like the, the, the spy thriller type stuff that's coming to no doubt to clarify that thing if, if i and i'm not really clarifying because i'm still sort of remembering it but i think luthan's having a conversation with mon mothma and she's saying what about this and he's like cassian's not a problem like we can kill him throw him away he's not the the he's not the issue he says that to mon mothma doesn't he I don't remember. I don't think he ever said he was going to kill him because I'm getting the understanding that he's trying to find him and Clea is the one that's uh, like, no, just kill him. Look around the room, though. You have big players, Mon Mothma, Saw Gerrera, Luthen, Cassian Andor. Uh, ever watch Sesame Street? Which one of these don't belong? <laughs> Luthen is not making, he's not long for this story. He's not making it out of this series. So I just something... hope he goes out in a blaze of glory. That's all I hope. Yeah, unless he gets, unless he does uh, the whole Harvey Dent thing where he gets. He's so... in the next season, though. Yes, that he gets so deeply rooted into this thing that he becomes even more radical than Saw. We don't know. I mean, I, I, I love the character, but he seems so anxious to kamikaze himself right now, where he's like, "I've been hiding for too long," and he keeps saying that stuff. And she's Isaac like, makes a good Dude, point. Reel it in, tighten up. Yeah. Yeah, Isaac makes a good point. He said, Luthen is worried about what Cassian might know because he left Cassian on a ship and Cassian is, Cassian is very observant. That is one thing I keep picking up call, on Isaac. through uh, the screenwriting and through the actual shots in the show is how observant 
Cassian is. They're letting mm-hmm. you know over and over and over again that he picks up on details nobody else does. From yeah. the left hand, right hand thing to him staring at the boots when he goes into jail and seeing who switches and what's going on and who's on when what floor. When they got those pumped up kicks. <laughs> All these different things that Cassian does that like you're you're clearly they're showing you because when you look at movies and tv and stuff they try so hard for you to pick up on every little thing they want you to look at so they're showing you that he's seeing these things so they want you to remember that he can do that so i totally agree isaac i think that's a great point cassian is super observant he's not a jedi but he knows what's up and he uses it to his advantage yeah and, and you know, one other thing, too, like another cameo, like I, I, I didn't really talk about it. I didn't talk about it last week because I wasn't here. But like Yularen also in this episode. Great. I just it's just so interesting to see like that character's arc in the direction he's going and to see him in these scenes, like not just I mean, he was sort of throwaway. like they it, he had a good moment in the last one. But I was surprised he showed up again. He had more lines in this one. I was oh, like, cool. So he's kind also, of a character. Two tubes. Um, yeah. which were shown in some of the uh, still shots promoting the show, but also that like X-wing is that like the is that like the first X-wing or something? Like that looked like like right behind him before they went into the cave with mm-hmm. Saw and Luthen. It was like this shell bodywork of an X-wing. So mm. the the story, Guardians of the Wills. Do you know that it's like a little book um, about Bays and Chariot? that has a lot of information about saw and how his partisans are working. And they're my understanding is they're gifted four X-wing fighters. So you can kind of get that um, story about th- that X-wing and, and then the other X-wing that's crashed rough. in rogue one. Not as rough as Luke Skywalker's at the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except for his that's... door. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. So any, any other predictions for next week? So James, you're saying, are you, Lacey, are you also saying no breakout next week? I would assume no breakout. Although at the same time, I kind of could see it being, they break out next episode and the next at the end of the arc is just the repercussions of the cat and mouse chase of trying to find Cassian before he then joins the rebellion. Cause that 10th, it's going to be 10, right? Eight, nine, 10 that 10th episode could be where everything goes down and then 11 12 is like mon moth must gotta go into hiding yeah this person well, no do, we're not know? gonna get that Lacey. you've said that a couple times we already know when she goes into hiding oh right 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 Wait, but you're right though because they said that the 11th and the 12th episodes are the season finale like part a part b so basically everything about this has to be wrapped up by 10 Mm-hmm. Uh, because we we're gonna get eleven and twelve, and those need to have like it can't be eleven's not gonna be like <laughs> the finale of ten, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right. So I think seven, eight, nine. I think he's get he got to prison. He's gonna be in prison, and then he's gonna get out of prison, and then you're gonna see eleven and twelve. That that's my bet. And I think next week we'll learn the characters and learn more about how this system works or the prison, how it works. Um, who's, I mean, we already kind of got that, but like who's in charge, who do we need to talk to, you know, all that type of stuff, figure it out. And then the uh, next episode would be them breaking out actually. 
Yeah, Kendall makes a good point, Galactic Curator. He said they're not breaking out next episode because they need to build up the Imperial investigation to get just on the edge of finding Andor in addition to the team building out in prison. I agree. They have to get to know each other. You can't have Melshi and Andor leave the prison without being like really bonded. So yeah. I guess you're <clears throat> right. It also would be interesting too to to watch Cyril like uh, and Deidre get to the point where they are so close to finding him or something. You know, they're on the right track and then get there and he's gone. The, the explosion or there's like then a prison break and then they're like, no, we're we were just going to the prison to find him. You know, like, yeah, right. yeah. They don't get there in time. He just got out right in time. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, there has to be that because they keep showing that hologram of him. Yeah. And I think it'd be funny if like someone's like looking at the hologram and then like he just like walks by. but i know it might be two star wars for this show um but uh yeah i i i'm excited to work where it's gonna go uh i'm curious to see what the fate is of his mother and and how that works out because that's obviously a big trope in star wars that that relationship and what that can do for um the, the choices characters makes obviously like anakin chooses the dark side and luke chooses to go with obi-wan What's going to happen um, so, to Bix? That's the big question. I yeah, I have no idea. Like, was she lying about season two? No, she'll make it. I think she'll make it. I hope so, but she might be in a very, very bad shape. Yeah, I would like to see like. <laughs> I would like to see like uh, something happen to Cyril's mom. I just don't like her. <laughs> <laughs> Get her out of the yeah. picture. <laughs> um, all right. So that is basically it. Um, so thank you to everybody who joined us on this episode of TRB Live. We appreciate it. Um, if you are um, an admiral, general, or spice runner of the TRB Patreon, in about 14 minutes, we are hopping on our monthly call and doing our first watch along. And we're watching The Heiress from The Mandalorian, Chapter 11. Uh, so that should be a good time. Uh, but thank you to everybody who has been joining us here live um, and spreading the word. And Or if you came late and you want to catch it tomorrow, that's cool. Also, tomorrow we're going to get it on all the audio apps, too, in case you want to listen on your drive to work or school or what have you. Either way, really, People are really asking if we're going to talk uh, Tale of the Jedi. So Tales of the Jedi. Out. Yeah, so these live shows... Um, when there's a streaming show on, we typically focus on that uh, live action show release that day. But we do talk about Tales of the Jedi. Um, and we're going to talk about Tales of the Jedi on our episode coming up on Monday. So we'll talk about that there. And that's a loaded, like we're gonna have a loaded show. We have a lot to talk about Monday. We have a mm -hmm. lot to talk about on that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you know, we all have different opinions about Star Wars. And I'm glad that everyone here has a good time talking about it and uh, inspiring each other to think of different ways to look at these things. So it's very cool. So thank you all for your support and watching and being a part of TRB as always. Uh, Star Wars Newsnet, if you want to check out your news every morning from a galaxy far, far away. Uh, and again, like I mentioned, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. If you like what we do here, we make a lot of extra content on our Patreon. So again, uh, that's patreon.com slash resistance broadcast tier start at just $5 per month. And your support allows us to do stuff like this, but also attend events, expand on the content we're doing. Uh, we have uh, a lot of cool stuff 
um, coming on there. So I want to give a, a quick special shout out to our generals and spice runners, uh, Carmelo, John Reese, Jenna Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane. It's always cool when they're in the chat too. Uh, Nick Kratz, <laughs> Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Chris White, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Paul Sullivan, New General. Thanks, Paul. And Val Trishkoff and Spice Runners, David Probus. I saw you in there, David. Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner. saw you. Ryan War, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and Michael Fry. Thank you for all your support. So next Wednesday, November 2nd. We're in November next week. Holy cow. Uh, episode 9, Andor. We're going to go live again 9 p.m., but also we have an episode coming Monday where we're going to talk about the craziness going on with Lucasfilm. A lot of the changes in the executive order, our mandates coming down from Disney. So we're going to uh, have a great discussion about all that and talk about Tales of the Jedi and more. And David Probus is going to be doing a pod race. Very cool. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Johnny Hoey, writing and editing at Star Wars Newsnet. And I have a movie podcast called Just Like the Movies, where we just put an episode on X-Men. Uh, Lacey. People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. JB. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, both at Myra Trunks. All right. Thank you, everybody. And we will see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. Mm-hmm.